Does the current political banter sound like an old record to you? This is the True Disciples Podcast, where everything you know about Reformation is about to get a radical makeover in the power of the Holy Spirit. Your True Disciples host is Dr. Kevin Baird, Senior Pastor of Legacy Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And now, the True Disciples Podcast. Welcome back to the True Disciples Podcast. Today on the Reformation Archive segment, we continue our way through the new House Hunter series at Legacy Church. Today's message is titled, House for a Hurricane, Part 2. Number three, the fear of control. Well, I don't want them telling me anything. They're always talking about money and trying to control me. And Well, listen, no one's trying to control you. I have, an, I have enough challenge trying to control my dog in the morning, trying to get it to go outside and come back and feed it. I'm not looking... I'm not looking to try to control people personally, and I don't think the church really wants to control anybody, but, but, but there is an input, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Number four is that folks are generally unsubmitted and unaccountable. They just don't want the relational accountability. It's not that there's this hyper, this hyper control or anything, but we don't want the, the, the slightest bit of accountability. And, and so, you know, we're going to do it. And, uh, by the way, unsubmitted is basically saying, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it anyone else's way. I'm, if I have to do it anyone else's way, I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to gripe about it. I want to do it my way. Can I just say this, because I'll say this out loud, that, that I honor, for example, Senator John McCain's service to our country and a war hero, but the last song at his funeral, which was unbelievable to me, was as they took his casket out, Frank Sinatra saying, I did it my way. At your funeral. That told me everything. Everything I needed to know. Please don't play that song at your funeral. I did it my way. Have mercy. Number five, people are independent or they're isolated. They just don't want to be around others. And, and this is making it more difficult, our technology. Number six, they're greedy. I don't want to go to church because if I go to church, then I'll have to participate in what it means to financially be a part of the church. And I don't want to do that. I want, I want what I want from it, but I'm not going to sow into it. Oh, my goodness. And then finally, number seven, there's zero protection, desire for protection or correction. People just don't want that. They don't feel like they need it. And, and when I get to the more positive things here as to why we should be connected, I can begin to address some of the errors in people's reasonings for not wanting to connect. Now, again, just trying to be really practical because a storm, a storm reveals these things. Um, you know, a storm, it's interesting. I think back to Katrina, and those of you that think back to Katrina, you know who the first people in there were? Faith-based, benevolent helps ministries were the first people in there to help all those folk uh, begin to rebuild their lives. Um, why should we be connected? Here we go. Number one is there's a sense of security. You know, when you dwell with the people, there should be just kind of a sense of uh, security. It's, it's like I, I, I've got people that can surround me and, and walk with me and, and help me. And, you know, we can, we can access. We have knowledge that the other one doesn't have. And there's just a sense of security. There's always security in a family. And that's why one of the reasons you connect as a church, because in that family, there's a sense of security. Let me tell you, one of the securities there are is, is their spiritual security is that you know, by virtue of the word of God, 
uh, longevity of time and other things that you're, you're not being led astray. And there's a sense of spiritual security in the sense that I'm being input in the right way. Number two, a sense of belonging or a sense of fellowship. I think everybody wants to belong somewhere. You remember when the, uh, years ago, again, I, I, I start telling stories. And as soon as I start telling the story, there's this voice in the back of my mind that says, do you realize how old you are? Because some of these stories are from years ago, but, but there was a, uh, Ted Danson had a show called Cheers sitcom. Cheers, which was a Boston bar. He was a baseball player. And uh, it was probably pretty edgy at the time. Of course, you watch those old shows that you thought were edgy at the time, and they're nothing because now everybody's off the edge with shows. But, but remember the song about they'd sing about how everybody knows your, know, everybody knows your name? You know, that's why people go to bars. They see the same people. They belong. The bartender calls them by name. They like that. And that's why they, that's kind of like their church. Now, it's not church, but it's, it's kind of like what their church is. It's, there's a sense of fellowship. There's a sense of belonging. They, they tell their stories. They tell what happened that week. There's all these sorts of things that take place. Well, that's what church is about. That's why we gather up. What happened to you this week? Anything new? Did you see the game? Did you... You know, I heard you were on vacation. Where did you go? What did you do? Should I go there? These are some of the reasons for connection. Number three is covering. Now, again, I'm putting things out that we're going to come back to later on because they deserve a little bit lengthier discussion. But, but you ever notice, uh, there's two times, I think, in the scripture, and maybe Bishop will correct me. By the way, Bishop's speaking next week, so he, you'll have instant opportunity to do that. You can amend me. But if I'm, if I'm recalling right, there were a couple of times Paul referenced in one form or another about handing someone over to Satan. Now, that's pretty awesome when you think about that. I mean, I'm handing them over to Satan. Yeah, and I don't mean awesome in a good way. I mean that in a bad way. I mean, but how do you hand someone over to Satan? How do you do this? Or what did he mean? I can, I can tell you, and we're going to spend some time on this, that there was a spiritual covering with regards to your connection to a local church. And what he was saying was, I ran this one out of the church. Now, in America, we don't think that's a big deal because next week I can go to another one. But what he was saying was this, and I, it's hard to put it into the American 21st century context, but what he was saying was this. He's saying, you're not going to be in this church anymore. I'm actually going to write a letter and let everybody know your name. And until you make it right, you're not undercovering. Therefore, you are open to satanic attack. See, people don't, people don't hear this anymore. But our connection as a church provides covering for your life that you aren't even aware of at times. In fact, there, there, there have been missiles that have been aimed at you that have been knocked down. You said, well, I've, I've received a few missiles. Okay, we've all gotten our, own, our set of fiery darts. But what if I told you that you only got about 10% of the fiery darts that were shot at you? You'd think yourself to be fairly fortunate. Well, it, that well could be the situation because there's a covering that comes through authority and through our connection together. Number four is spiritual input. We all need spiritual input. The Bible says that we can't even understand the Bible because of our private interpretation. But we need others to come help us understand it. Now, doesn't mean the one who's teaching it to you may not have all understanding either. But, but as we're together learning what God is saying in his word, uh, we begin to get spiritual input because none of us singularly can know everything. 
All right, we're finite being and we need spiritual input. Another reason why we gather together. How about advice or wisdom? I just need some advice. Where do I get my advice from? Where do I get my wisdom from? Where do I get some, in, you know, not just spiritual input, but what about life input? I mean, I, I got to get a tree cut down. Who am I going to go see to get my tree cut down? <laughs> You're connected now. Number six, love and support. Now, I'll be the first to say, does the church trip and fall on occasion? Yeah, probably does on this regard. But at the same time, I can tell you that connection is one of the reasons uh, when you're around a church that you sense the compassion and the care of people that have gathered. It's always interesting to me that, and I've seen this through the years, uh, on several occasions I've had people uh, that and it could even have been attending church. In fact, I remember one particular incident. A guy went off on a cocaine binge, and he got thrown in jail. And he calls me up on the phone, and he says, can you get me out of jail? And I said to him, well, let me ask you this. Have you called your dealer up yet? He said, well, no. I said, well, why not? Well, he's not going to get me out of jail. Well, I said, you spend more time with him than you do with us. That's where your relationship is, isn't it? He's the one that loves you, doesn't he? He's the one that cares about you. Why are you calling me? You say, you didn't bail him? No, nope, didn't bail him. No, I didn't bail him? It's because he, he isn't going to listen to my sermons. He'll listen to his pain. Amen. That's, that's love. Love is you sit there for a while. We love you so much, you're going to sit there until you're, you say to yourself, I never want to snort another line of cocaine again. I love you so much, I'm going to get you free. Amen. Then the ordinances. The ordinances. The ordinances are the table of the Lord, baptism. Uh, those are our ordinances, and they are served under the authority of the church. There's an authority to that. And again, I'm just telling you stories. I had a friend, this is years ago. Uh, you may or may not remember this, but it just came to my mind. When we were still going through school, I was still going through graduate school. We were living in Olathe, Kansas. I had a friend that lived in the neighborhood we did. His name was Scott Gibson. Scott. Well, he got married. He'd always been in trouble his whole life, never, never gone to church, didn't know the Lord, didn't know anything. But culturally, when he was married, finally had a kid, culturally he had this instinctual desire to get his child baptized. So he wanted me to come over and baptize his child, in his li or what we would call dedicate, but all he knew was he wanted him baptized. So he kept saying, I want you to baptize my baby in my living room, and maybe his parents and in-laws would be there. And I looked and I said, no, no, we don't do that. Why? Why won't you do that? It's because baptism isn't done as sort of this self-directed, you know, uh, this is what I am creating my own personal religion to be. And you're going to call me over. You got to connect yourself to a church. There needs to be the witness of the congregation. And when that happens, then baptism can take place. Furthermore, bapti baptizing children has to deal with a covenantal relationship with a Christian family. And, and you ain't it. I mean, you can't covenant to what this ceremony is about. You just want a ceremony that somehow appeases your mind that says we're okay with God, and you're not even fulfilling the requirements, even if I believed in infant baptism, because I wasn't Presbyterian, never have been, or Methodist. 
But there's a reason for baptism of children, which is basically covenantal in the sense that you baptize them because they're being raised in a Christian household. Catholics believe original sin is being expiated. They do it for a whole other reason. But Protestants, when they do it, it's a covenantal sign as to the household and what the household is standing for by way of their relationship to Christ. You know, some of us grew up in a Christian household. And then, then that's confirmed later when they turn into teenagers. Now, you may or may not believe that. I'm just telling you why it exists. The point I'm trying to make is this. That can't happen in any way, shape, or form unless it happens in the life of the church. You can't. So our gathering, you see, has some really practical, important aspects to it. And it's not just linked to sort of this doctrinal area of the scripture, but it has some really eternal features to it. Think about that. Baptism needs to be done in the life and the witness of the church. That's, etern- that's some eternal meaning there. It's important. Communion can't, I mean, I understand people take communion in all sorts of ways, but honestly, communion, the table of the Lord, is to be tended to, and the table of the Lord is, again, witnessing in the life of the church. The broken body, the shed blood, and the covenant, the covenant that God has made with his people. Jesus didn't serve communion, or didn't say, here, y'all take the bread, take the wine, go to your separate rooms and have communion. Did he? No, he said, have, every time you come together, every time you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. There's something important about when we do this together. A storm. Didn't know you can glean so much from a storm, did you? A storm's a good thing every now and then. Because a storm, storm reveals and it unveils all those things that maybe we need to take a look at. I tell you what, I'm glad I'm a connected person. I know I'm a pastor, I ought to be connected, shouldn't I? Do you know if I wasn't a pastor, though, and we've talked about this, we've often said to ourselves, like when we visit our kids or something like that, we've said to ourselves, you know, uh, would we attend this church or would, would we do this or that? And we'd have these kind of speculative conversations. And I can tell you this, when it all boils down to it, uh, it wouldn't matter if I was a pastor or not a pastor, we would be connected in a local church. It's, it's just that vital and that important. God's looking for a people connected together. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the True Disciples podcast. Please be sure to subscribe for future updates and to catch up on past episodes. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. You can also reach out to us with questions or feedback at truedisciplespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, between now and next time, we encourage you to go out and make his name great.